0: and
1: sound. Hey Finn, how you going? Doing pretty good. I'm uh, less confident about my picks than I was last year. I'm ready to decide what best film of the year
0: is. Yeah, uh, it's incredible. We've got quite good mics on. You can't really hear the noise around us, but we are, uh, of course, right now we're walking in to the Civic Theatre in Tam- Tamaki Makoto, Auckland for uh, the biggest, the most luxurious and only official Film Awards Ceremony of the year. It is the second annual Shite and Sound, Shite and Show, down for the crown 2021, colon, 3.0 plus 1.0.1 thrice upon
1: a time.
0: But We're officially certified, finally, as the two people with the only correct
1: film opinions. I'm uh, very sorry uh, to everyone else with a film opinion, but uh, good luck next year. Maybe, maybe you'll no, get no,
0: bit- no, 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 no. No, no, Finn, oh. I don't think you're a lot. Obviously, you didn't get the phone call. I did. It was a, a voice going, your application. It was, it was all distorted. It wasn't, it wasn't the malignant.
1: Yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of like, it sounded a little bit like Boss Nass.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we saw chosen you.
0: No, no, no. It is, it, it is, we can transfer it, but all of film and movies, have have authorized us as the people with the correct opinions on what's oh, good. And right. Okay. We, we got a certificate. It's up on our Twitter at, at Shite Sound Pod. Check it out.
1: You can check it. It is there. It's legitimate. It, it, it's proof. Yeah.
0: So yeah, we're here as as last year. We're going to sit in the audience and watch the award ceremony uh, play out uh, hosted as always by Paddington. Paddington. <laughs> God love him. And he's just, he's doing some fun kind of like fringe theater stuff where he's, He's on the stage, just eating a marmalade sandwich and just chat, chatting to his friends yeah. and
1: just, just waving to yeah, people. He, he's about to do his classic uh, toothbrushes in the air bit.
0: <laughs> we should talk about how this is going to roll. We both made lists of our top 20 films of the year, both of which are on social media platform the The number one on the list got 20 points and number 20 got one point. Yeah. Uh, and used that to to rank them. Yeah, we fed our lists into uh, Deep Blue. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which did Basic Edition. Yeah, which neither of us can do because we're in the arts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which led us to a, a list of the 16 best films of the year, and they will be facing off in yeah, a
1: knockout we, we, bracket. We should probably do a disclaimer about some of the films uh, that we haven't been able to see. The New Zealand International Film Festival, uh, the, the Auckland of that was cancelled. Yeah. In the year, due to, uh, uh, due to us being in lockdown, so we didn't get to see a lot of the films that uh, would have made the list.
0: D- drive My Car, Memoria. So we will be alternating across this three-part extravaganza special. You know it's an extravaganza, because we're sitting here in the audience, and we're looking at Paddington doing his incredible opening number. What's he doing, Finn? He's he, doing he, flips. He, he's... He's making humans jump through hoops yeah, he, and stand he's, on, on his
1: walls on their nose. He's climbing up the walls of the Pacific using dustbusters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, uh, it's incredible. Uh, unfortunately, this is a Spider-Man turn off the dark situation. Oh, where no. several, <laughs> oh, <laughs> where no. several stunt Paddingtons were just came yeah. uh, setting up but, that
1: stunt. But, but, but luckily, the CGI. As was the torrent of their blood <laughs> that washed over the stage. Yeah, no, the
0: the Sion Sono guys' blood—they have washed it a rusty red, like it is. uh, you know, one of the bits of the Green Knight, which is uh, uh, essentially color theory. The film. So yeah, uh, obviously we will have uh, gl- glamorous presenters uh, bringing out to announce, you know, our categories. We have Best Actor. All of those kind of things. In between that, we will be doing, we will be deciding here in public, surrounded by our audience. You can't hear them because we're in level red uh, uh, of our COVID system. So they're all wearing masks. Uh, and so that's why there's no other noise. And it, in fact, sounds like we're in a living room. Yeah. Um, but trust us, we are, in fact, it, <laughs> in, it, in, the, in the audience it, the it, in the civic.
1: In the civic, where we always record this episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, episodes. But the important thing to know is that all the people who present the awards are the. Are last year were well, all the previous year's winner. Our twenty twenty one were presented by the twenty nineteen winner. Obviously, makes sense that our twenty twenty one award presented by our twenty eighteen winners.
1: Yeah, we, 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 we are we are working back in time, and uh, ho- and hopefully after a hundred years of doing this podcast. I'll be able to have uh, not Nosferatu presenting an award.
0: and <laughs> uh, no, this this will end when that train so eager to win an <laughs> award bust just demolishes the civic. Anyway, so our first category is not really a category. This is kind of catch-all, also rands. I've got it as things that fell through the cracks. For works of cinema, we want to mention that we we're, we're not going to mention Elsewhere, right? Okay. For, for whatever reason, like things, things of note, uh, like this whole, like this whole thing is just a massive list of recommendations. I yeah. think, despite the circumstances, putting together a top twenty was so easy. Uh, uh, like the process of working out what we were leaving out of the sixteen was really painful, and so, like, really this is just an excuse for us to talk about films and these are the ones that we haven't come up with an
1: excuse to talk about. The first thing I'd like to mention is Moms Scorsese's Pretend It's a City. This is not a movie, this is a uh, miniseries. Uh, I, on my list as well? Yeah, it's, uh, uh, it, it is like, like, like four and a half hours of Moms and and Fran Leibowitz just, just hanging out, chatting, being so Bodies. funny. Yeah, just being so funny and personable and with, with like, really fantastic insights into, like, life and culture and, like, hit the history of New York. And it's, 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 it's just an absolute delight from, like, throughout the entire thing.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, uh, it's on Netflix. Yeah. And it, it, it emphasizes, like, man, Scorsese has many skills yeah. at all. Or and one is obviously his interviewer, like Leibowitz is obviously the star, but the biggest co star is not in fact New York. It is the back of Martin Scorsese's head as he laughs and yeah. looks fondly at his friend.
1: Yeah, and, and, and like he he is like one of cinema's great laughers. Oh and, like, yeah. I was really worried
0: that that it was going to be nostalgic yeah. or a New York that was in fact horrific. You know? Yeah. um, But not like, the the wonderful thing about Leibowitz, as much as I do not agree with her on many things, (laughs) is that, man, she's an original. Yeah. And she's so compelling. And Scorsese knows that just like, I can can fill four to five hours of just mainly Leibowitz talking in different locations and different venues. It does a bit to illustrate it, but not much. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's it's great. Check it out. Um, My list, uh, another tale of a, a ragged New Yorker, uh, is a a film. I'm, uh, uh, I don't love it, mm. but I think it's good enough, and I think other people will like it enough that I want to recommend. Which is a tick, tick, boom, which is Lin Manuel Miranda's adaptation of the what is his name, Jonathan Larson, of the Jonathan Larson a solo show that became a a group show. Jonathan Larson, who then went on to make rent by not paying rent. It stars Andrew Garfield. It's got a great cast. It's good fun. Miranda has a really, has developed a really good take on how you adapt it on what the emotional core of it is. My main issue is all the craft is good. Mm. I've seen a lot of reviews that are like, the problem is is that Andrew Garfield can't really sing and the film keeps cutting away from him. I never, I never, that never really, really thought about that and never really landed. And like, it's one of those films where for me, the problems are ideas in that it is ultimately a pie on to a man who is just going around being actually incredibly privileged and whining about people not putting on his musicals which is like a set of emotions I intimately understand, but would never, it's, it, it is, it's the musical theater version of someone writing a novel about a novelist who can't write, but every other element is, is good. And if that sounds like something you'd like, check it out.
1: Uh, next I'd next like to talk about uh, City Hall. I am who I am. It's another four and a half hour long documentary. <laughs> this is the new film by Frederick Wiseman. It is a four and a half hour long observational documentary about Boston city government, uh, it has absolutely no right being as, as compelling as I as I found it. I, in fact, sent the most on-brand message I've ever sent to anyone uh, earlier this year when one o'clock in the morning, <laughs> one day I, I got a message from someone saying, hey, are, are you up? I need to talk. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm currently watching a four-and-a-half-hour-long documentary about <laughs> Boston city government, so I'll be awake for a while. <laughs> um... and, uh, it's, it it is. Uh, is... I've, I've read some, like, there are like some people I follow on Letterboxd who uh, really uh, kind of didn't vibe with it, and I think that's understandable. I think it, like it remains compelling throughout, and it does a really good job of just through images uh, demonstrating how deeply fucked America is, even in like a supposedly kind like, progressive city like Boston. Yeah, be like power structures are still so entrenched, and like it, it is, it is so difficult to make changes that there is kind of nothing that can be done in the system we currently live in. And it also has one of the funniest scenes, I think, in any movie this year, where, where, where there is a, 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 uh, a giant gathering of police and they are getting together to like give each other a medals and shit. And, uh, because it's like an official like meeting in America, it opens with someone singing the national anthem. There are, there are two police officers on stage singing the national anthem and One of them is is a black woman in her early thirties, and one's like a white dude in his fifties, and their voices are not complimentary at all, and they're they're like trading off verses, and like that's already one of the funniest songs that's ever been written, and the American national anthem is so just overpoweringly self-serious and and embarrassing, and and these two people. Who like don't, who like sound completely wrong to be singing it together, singing it is, is just beautiful. And then Frederick Wiseman just, just holds on a wide for like five minutes of of, of, (laughs) of, 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 them singing the whole song. It is so, it is so funny. It,
0: It is, uh, it, 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 it was on your list. Yeah, it, w- it was number nineteen on your list, which put it at twenty-first equal on, on on the combined the the absolute list mm. uh, uh, of of films. Um, <clears throat> my my next one is Borderline Forever, which is a hour and five minute long YouTube video by video game <laughs> uh, reviewer slash commenter commentator scott wozniak under his sobriquet of scott the was and i bring it up uh, uh, basically because uh, scott the was falls very firmly into the field of a, a video games youtuber in that he's a guy in front of a camera being like so nintendo did this thing and it makes me mad and or oh, or oh. so here's my review of spider-man but He manages to consistently do it in a way that is uh, interesting, entertaining, and and without ever being as far as I can tell shitty is like his, all of his work is full of what I assume are cis white men who I presume are straight. And yet he does. Oh, it's just, it, it shows that you can make that work without being a dick. And without being uh, offensive. And and I choose Borderline Forever because it's the one that counts the most as a film. If you want a starting point, I would pitch his trilogy. He made a trilogy of videos called The Dark Age of Nintendo, which he assembled into a feature-long, feature-length thing. Um, uh, But that doesn't count for this year. And yeah, I just want to praise, like, it's good. Like, he's good at it. Mm. And he he's consistently funny. And it's nice to find someone doing essentially an iteration of what PewDiePie invented, but in a way that doesn't fucking (laughs) like that doesn't even fucking suck a little. Yeah, as far as I can tell.
1: The next movie I want to talk about is The Heart of a Fall by James Samuel. It's Mm -hmm. uh, It's a Netflix film. It's a Western. It is a black Western. All of the primary cast are black. It's got an incredible cast of black character actors. It's got Jonathan Majors, Idris Elba, Regina King, Zazzy Beats, Delroy Lindo, Lakeith Stanfield, Dion Cole, Damon Wayans Jr. Just like a b- bunch of incredible people in this yeah. movie. It, it, is a, it is a really fun, like uh, spaghetti style western. Its use of music is incredibly impressive. Like every song in the movie was written and produced by James Samuel. And what he does, because the, 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 like, the western is the genre of manifest destiny. Right, mm. it is a genre of, of like white people justifying colonialism, and what the heart of a Fall does is it has a soundtrack that is almost entirely built around reggae, and so it, it's it's this it's it's this like classic style western, but but with only reggae music, and one of the like main themes of reggae is, is these ideas of like of like black manifest destiny and like a black homeland. Yeah, and I think that is such an incredibly smart choice. And all the music sounds really good. And
0: what a great idea! I, yeah. I, I have not seen it. it is it is it, it's on the list of films? I ashamed. I'm ashamed. I didn't catch this year. Uh, the 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 other two major ones being Passing and Hand of God. Mm. Um. Uh. My next one is kind of the almost exactly the opposite of what you just said, in that it deconstructs nothing, but it is a saving throw which is F9, the fast saga. Yeah, It's a fun uh, movie. It's a fun movie. Uh, and the reason I want to, uh, uh, cast an eye on it, the return of Justin Lin, it, it, it writes the ship,
1: the return of Sun Kang.
0: Yeah. The, the return of Sun Kang with be, a sniper
1: be, be rifle. like be the single most charismatic person in those movies. And,
0: and, and yeah, no, uh, uh, easily a runner up for best reveal of a character with a sniper Absolutely. rifle. Absolutely. After R- RZA and nobody. Um, but it is it is uh, uh, it's not it's not one of the best entries. But after like F7 felt so clearly like a peak, and Fate of the Furious and Hobbs and Shaw are so clearly a decline. Yes, it it is nice to see Justin Lin going like, no no no, you're trying to get realer. The answer is to get more mythic, mm. to make it about like. A uh, uh, Toretto, the brother of Toretto, another god, and yeah. then like Tyrese's art is genuinely a character being like, "Am I in a movie?" <laughs> it's it, it it it's not one of the best films of the year. It it's great fun.
1: Yeah, like there, 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 there was almost nothing in any movie this year that has given me as much joy as when I was like two hours into this two and a half hour movie and I said. Am I supposed to go to space in this one? And then, like the next scene, Tyrese is like, "Hey, what if we went to space?" And someone's like, "No, that's dumb." I mean, I mean, Vin was like, "No, we've got to go to space." And then it just cuts to them in space, basically.
0: And, and, and the way, no, I mean, they and the way they get to space
1: is, is, is a they, rocket they, on a car. Yeah, they, like. they, they, they just they strap a giant a, a giant rocket to a car, and it's very it's very clearly it still has like. Car windows and a car windshield. <laughs> it it's it's just a normal car with a rocket it on it. It's it's so funny.
0: Yeah, it's such great fun. uh What's next on uh, your list of the things that that fell through the cracks?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with another Netflix movie. I'm going to go with Kate starring uh, starring Mary Elizabeth Winstead. It's a yeah, very simple like John Wick clone action movie about a female assassin who gets uh, who who gets poisoned and she she has like you know like she has like 24 hours to live and she's got to find out. Who to go find out who poisoned her and get her revenge and stuff and a lot of fun. I I I was going to try and see Gunpowder Milkshake and and the Protégé as well. I was going to try and see all four of the like major like f- female driven action movies this year, but I, I I missed those two. I saw Kate and Jolt, mm. and out of those, so I definitely preferred Kate. I, I think that Mary Elizabeth Winstead is. I mean, she she is great in everything, but she's like, yeah. but like in Birds of Prey and now this she's proven herself to be like like a really good action like a, a really good like action lead, there, there, there was a scene where she like that does like a a raid on on a on a yakuza tea house, which is is it's so much fun. She just fucking wastes a bunch of yakuza dudes. It rules. Uh, it, it's it's super bloody. It's well choreographed. It's fun.
0: Next on my list is Boss Level. Uh, or which is is good without ever being great. The the Joe Carnahan film starring uh Grillo, Frank Grillo,
1: Naomi Watts. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's dumb. It's never quite as fun or wild as it wants to be. Yeah, but it's never disappointing either because it's 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 a time it's it's Groundhog Day. But uh, also an action film, yeah. and and I think like the major thing working against it is that uh, because we live in hell, uh, the lead is written to be a a Deadpool, uh, yeah. a, a, a a Ryan Reynolds type, and uh, Grillo is not that. No, a, and it is unfair that he has to try and be that and and fail, but like. It, it, it's there's lots of good explosions check it out
1: yeah my next one is in the earth the new ben wheatley film uh it, it it does it it does have a one nomination on my list but not not like a major one it's him making like a uh it, it, it's him making making a film in, in in the pandemic kind of like a cult horror and eco horror movie it's fun there's lot there's lots of good atmosphere and also a uh, uh, reese shearsmith is a uh was it was a late cut for me for best supporting actor uh, uh he he's the bad guy he's uh pretty scary in it. It's like, it's a really good performance from him. The movie, I think doesn't fully like make sense at the end, but like there is, there are are a bunch of shots that look incredible. And there's like a bunch of good scares, a bunch of good gross out moments.
0: I do love his work. Mm. I revisited high rise this year. And I think that film is, is, is slept on. My next one is the many saints of newer, uh, the Sopranos movie forgot about it, which I think Always good and sometimes great. One of my favorite scenes of the year uh, is that uh, uh, you see a man signing up at at, at an army office to join the Vietnam War and he's, he's nervous and rushing through it. And then suddenly someone runs up with a gun and you realize that the man is signing up to go to Vietnam because he is being chased by a gang. Uh, 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 there, it's full of lovely touches like that. There there are some good performances in it. Yeah. You have to have seen the Sopranos to land it. And as much as David Chase was like, it was always a film there. There is something of the televisual to it. It, it It's as falls between a lot of stools has that kind of, you know, the, the sign of the modern mid budget film, which is like lots of CG where it doesn't need to be. Right. So there's lots of like explosions and bits of fire where you're like, look, like the difference, it would have cost the same for you to just do that. But the problem for you is that that would require hiring union special effects people. Yeah. But if you've seen the Sopranos and haven't seen it, which I think is a vanishingly small group of people. But, like, it, it joins the El Camino group of like, they did a movie follow up to a good TV series and didn't, and, and like added
1: something interesting. Uh, my next pick is, is Todd Haynes' new music documentary, The Velvet Underground, about The Velvet Underground. It, it is a just like really engaging, fast paced history of The Velvet Underground and, and their influence. And there is a lot of great footage of them performing. I believe the dedication at the end of the film is to Stan Brakhage. I feel like editing is really drawing on a lot of experimental and art film techniques. Uh, it is fantastically edited by Alfonso Goncalves and Adam Kernitz. And, I I mean, I just, I just love any opportunity to, like, get to spend time around the Velvet Underground.
0: The last one, obviously on both of our lists, yeah. uh, uh, or would be in the 16 if we hadn't ruled it out. And that is free God <laughs> No, uh, it is inside Robert Burnham's, uh, 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 sad sack solo of a quote unquote comedy quote unquote
1: special. His, his lie.
0: His, oh God. Um, which I, I guess to, to, to preface, I, yeah, I write the shit out of inside. Yeah. I, I think it is. I think it's his best work. Uh, uh, and, and like, I think, and I think there's a lot of really high level stuff. Mm. I, but it is not, my feeling is that it's not quite a film. Yeah. And I keep trying to be like, how, how am I defining that? And it's like, it's a, it's a vibe thing. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it, it's obviously like it's intended as a comedy special and yet manifests as kind of, a series of music videos for a concept album with some sketches in between and there's clear narrative to it. But all that narrative is really tied up in the music rather than the visuals. It it just isn't quite there, but like,
1: Oh man. But yeah, it it is. It like, even, even though, we all know that he didn't actually live in that room for a year, which uh, makes make, it uh, not only bad but illegal. <laughs> that like line of criticism that people were like they, 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 like people were making is one of the just like kind of most media illiterate arguments I've ever seen. <laughs> that they're, like they're like this this is bad and a lie because he didn't actually live in that room for the whole year, which like. No, this is this is a this is a piece of fictional art that, that expresses emotions. Yeah.
0: Uh, Socko can't really talk, and that person in sunglasses is, is not the internet. It it is yeah. To quote my tweet: uh, um, If you think that a piece of comedy that represents itself as documentary fiction when in fact it is not is a matter of serious moral debate, I have terrible news for you about literally every piece of comedy. <laughs> Um it, it is and it is that that when I have revisited it it has been as music. If you have not seen it, oh it is it's really special. Yeah.
1: And, and like it is one of the great pieces of art about living in a pandemic. Yeah. And like what it means to try and be a creative person while the entire world is shut down.
0: Well, and, and while being in incre- like it's self-awareness and like I, I've seen criticism of it of on like how self-aware mm. uh, on its self-awareness being surface level, because it is always commenting on itself uh, lyrically. And what I think people are missing is how much it is like as an entire text, it is uh, engaging mm. with as a self-reflective act where if you look at it, in, in in like the structure of a big proper musical one of the most boring film takes of the year was people being like oh have you noticed that uh, inside's a bit like a musical and it's not a bit like a musical <laughs> no but it is like the i want song you know when ariel sings that she wants yeah. to be where the people are isn't comedy or isn't even is not a song about him it's white woman's Instagram. The protagonist of the show is is us trying to have happy lives. Mm -hmm. And the antagonist is him and the internet trying to control and make it. Yeah. Uh, And how he is like how he positions that. Yeah. It's, it's great. And yeah, the other thing, Uh, uh, I want to tell people off about in terms of their takes on Insiders Uh, 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 just like uh, they made Tangerine on an iPhone Uh, Bo Burnham made Inside on a $4,000 camera why aren't you making a film?
1: Because because Bo Burnham also shot it in the guest house of, of his girlfriend who directed Hustlers He has access to incredible resources that that none of the rest of us have. Uh,
0: And he has directed previous films, watched people do loads of jobs. He can afford all those expensive lights. He can afford the look of inside is so beautiful. Mm. And like that deep texture to it comes from him being able to record raw, full sensor readout files, which the cost of storing those for a feature especially one as intricate as this would be 10 times, not, not 10 times, but like multiple times the cost of that character of mm. that, of that camera. This is, this is a case like clockwork orange and like tangerine, not of someone with, with nothing mm. uh, building uh building, you know, doing making scrappy film with nothing. If you want that, check out Joel Havers work on YouTube. Uh, look at his feature films that they, Uh, uh, I appreciate them more than I like them, but that isn't calling them bad. His Mm. shorts are great as well. What it is, is people who have access to a lot of resource deciding to only do the bait, only do as little as they can. Yeah. um, Which is an equally interesting and valid thing, but it's not something you can just do.
1: Uh, the other big thing about inside uh, for me, in the song All I was on Me, he has that like spoken he has a, like spoken section in the middle where he describes how he had to quit comedy because it was destroying his mental health, and then just when he's decided to start performing again, the entire world shut down. I was like, Oh, that's that's exactly what happened to me. Yeah. I, I'd taken a two year break from a stand up comedy because I was having like breakdowns on stage and 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 then i in, in like in like august i'd i 'd finally come back and I'd, I'd done i'd done one gig at the classic and it'd gone really well and I was like excited about comedy again and then about a week after I did that gig, Auckland went back into lockdown for four months and and like and that that that's like the context i was watching uh, I was watching inside in and like like that 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 like seeing see, seeing you know th- th- this guy who's been such an inspiration to me my my entire like since since I was like you know fourteen, like seeing seeing him going through that exact same thing as me is, is like really really kind of like profound experience for me. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, I yeah I and, I and and even if it's fake, that doesn't change it.
0: Yeah, and as someone who has an incredibly healthy relationship with with comedy, don't read my Twitter. I can't relate to that specifically. Uh, yeah, no, throughout there, it, it's great at capturing some ecstatic truths yeah. inside. Check it out. So now it's our first showdown, uh, and I'm going to be like, this one is tough. They are all tough. Uh, yeah, But like this one is one that I look at and go, this could be the final for me, mm. uh, 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 at least. Uh, and so the way we're going to play these is that we will start with, with a vote. Uh, and, and if there's a clear answer, uh, we will say goodbye to the loser and mm-hmm. discuss it. And, and if there is a tie, we will attempt to persuade each other. Yep. And once we have a winner, we will mourn the loser as, as a chance to talk about it. This is Thomas Vintnerberg's Another Round versus Celine Sharma's Petite Mama Drunk Dad versus Little Mum. Okay. So let's, we'll do our vote. One, two, three.
1: Petite Petit mama. mama.
0: Yeah, it is like I mean, another round is is uh, the the story of a group of four friends who are teachers who are kind of stuck.
1: Yeah, they're all like in or approaching middle age. They feel like they've not had the careers or the lives that they've wanted to. One of them reads a study suggesting that humans' brains are working optimally. When they're a little bit drunk, yeah, and when so zero point zero five percent drunk, yeah, and so our blood alcohol level, yeah, and, and and yeah, and so these friends decide that they're going to try and stay a little bit drunk for an entire for, for like an entire semester of school, which is it's a high school they teach at, yeah,
0: yeah, it, it, it has very different effects on all four of
1: them, yeah. pretty much. It's a fantastic movie. Like Vinterberg is, I, I saw uh, I saw another round uh, and and the hunt both for the first time on the same day. And like that—that's a hell of a day. Yeah. And this was all of my nominations at the beginning of the year, and they—they they have all kind of fallen off oh, 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 over the course of the year. My like main problem with connecting with this film is I hate alcohol. Yeah. yeah I hate yeah. I, I hate being around it. Yeah. I hate I hate drunk people. Like and, and like I I I know that this film is like has a like much more complicated relationship to alcohol than is presented in the first thirty minutes. Yeah. But like I. Like it's it's still just like not enjoyable for me.
0: Well, and 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 it is, like, man. I knew you to say that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I I disagree. Yeah. Uh, um. But uh, it, yeah. No. It it is. One of the things I like the most about it is that this is not a narrative about either how alcohol is good or how alcohol is bad. Yeah. Um. Uh, it is about how alcohol. Amplifies people, uh, to, to both good and ill. And it is like it ruins some of those men's lives. Yeah. It improves some in some ways. Like it, it is full of these interesting kind of. Uh, moral moments that that dare you to judge the characters yeah one of their students is very nervous in an exam and so uh, one of them is like just get a little drunk before the exam and you're like and and in the brain you're like oh man of course like this is a fucking hideous thing to do you wouldn't go to your student and be like get drunk this is going to end terribly but no it works perfectly. He passes the <laughs> exam and, and I can, and like, I like that as a way to explore like the moral of the situation. Yeah. And like what, what the hunt shows us is that like Vintnerberg is real good at when he wants to make something clear, he will make it clear. Yeah. Like I think the success of the hunt uh, it is in how hard it works to make clear that this is a situation of false accusation that the Hunter's Mads Mikkelsen is falsely accused of, of hurting, of sexually assaulting a child. Um, and yet he works very deftly, but very hard to make clear that a, he didn't do it. Uh, uh, B, the child isn't a monster for lying. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it's not even really a, you know, and that C, The people who are responding generally are having the correct response. It is almost a comedy of errors. There is no, because that that could so easily be a film that is about, like, oh, it's cancel culture's gone mad. Yeah. But but it's absolutely not. It
1: it could be that film that that Robin Polinski made a few years ago. It was called, like, Jacques
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and he doesn't do that. But, yeah, uh, to, to kind of uh, emphasize the difference, uh, early on, uh, uh, one of them is having their 40th birthday. And, and so the four guys are there, uh, and three of them are drinking. And this is just the moment before Mads decides to start drinking uh, because he is he's at a low point in his life. He's so sad. Yeah. And he just leans back and glassy-eyed and is like, what has become my life? I am not myself. I don't do anything. I don't, there's no happiness left in. And, uh, and in that moment, when I first saw that, I was like, this is one of the best pieces of acting I've ever seen. All four of those leads, uh, do great jobs. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh and, and there's so much, there are so many great sequences in this film, but at the beginning of Petite Mama, within moments, I was thinking this is one of the greatest films ever made. Yeah, and then everything the film did confirmed that. Uh, and goodbye, another round. I, l- I love you lots. Yeah, another round was on my list, but not on Finn's, uh, and, and was ranked twelfth uh,
1: equal. Anyone who enjoys good movies but doesn't have the same hangups as, around alcohol as I do would enjoy the film a lot. Yeah, all those guys are incredible, especially Mads. It's shot by a Sturla Bratt who is. Yeah just an astounding cinematographer it it is it is a beautiful looking film in every way
0: but like also like the point i would make before we move on is like i was so ready when i noticed it wasn't on your list i was ready for you to be like and and this is just this is not (laughs) take this as it is given lightly well i was ready for you to be like no but like this just it's all just about how being
1: drunk is great. Yeah. No, I, is, I, uh, yeah. I, I, I absolutely don't believe that.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and, and but like I could see how people could take a reading mm. of that. And like the fact that you, as someone who, if, if you had the infinity gauntlet, you would snap your fingers and get rid of intoxicants. Oh uh, yeah. Which is okay. I, uh, I mean, you just don't, do not, <laughs> please don't. But we're different people. Um, uh, I think only speaks to the power of the film.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's a it's a film that it's a film that I like rather than love. There, there, there is a, a really fantastic review of of it on Letterboxd by a really smart film writer called Stephen Gillespie, who's a guy who's also a teacher. He has a fantastic review of the film about how he, he believes that it is more about teaching than alcohol. I I would like to rewatch it with with, with that in mind.
0: Uh, yes, and and it is also yeah, it's it's great. So we move on to our first category award. This is best fight slash dance sequence. Uh, presenting for, for my award here is my 2018 winner. Oh, look. It's Henry Cavill reloading his arms. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> the bathroom fight from Mission Impossible Fall out of a helicopter is here. And here are my nominees. My nominees are... Godzilla vs Kong on and under the ships in, let me check my notes here. Godzilla vs Kong, the anesthetized fight in gunpowder milkshake. There is a fight <laughs> where uh, she loses the <laughs> use of her arms and has to kill some guys. And it is a uh, full of, yeah. Uh, gunpowder milkshake is a film that I like rather than love, mm. but I really lo- like it whips it. It, it, it's aesthetic choices are strong in doing like neon bubblegum noir. Uh, check it out. Uh, everyone, especially, and I could have picked, this was me. There are like three fights I yeah. could have put here. Um, I, I didn't want to repeat myself. The inception dance in, in the heights when they dance up the walls of a building. I think that film will forever be in the shadow of West Side Story.
1: Yep.
0: I think somewhat unfairly so. I think they're pretty equal. Uh, and I think, I do. Uh, I, there, I think there are some, each of, I think there are some things in the Heights does better than West Side Story. Yep. I think there are some and more things West Side Story does better uh, than in the Heights. But I I do think it is also, a little troubling that the one that focuses on white people is the one that is getting a lot of praise and the one that focuses on uh, Latinx people, well, Puerto Ricans mm-hmm. who, who they fall under Latinx, right? I, yeah. Yeah. I, I just, you anyway, I know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I, I just, it has, it feels like John M. Chu has been watching the last, Thirty years of cinema and being like, I can't wait to shoot a scene in a musical like this scene. Yeah, yeah. and and I wish he had the resource, the kind of resource you only get when you're Steven Spielberg to be able to be like, no, no, no. Today we are shooting this dance scene, but we're only we're doing it in a Mm. one. And because producers would be like, no, 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 because then we might not get anything today. And when you're Steven Spielberg, you can be like. Hi, can I introduce you to my friend Jaws? You know, um, uh, Nick.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I, I was listening to to, uh, to uh, I was listening to Steven Spielberg on on, on on the on the Directors Guild of America podcast this morning, where, where he was talking about how like in the like lead up to the uh, he had, like four, four, four and a half months of shooting, but before that there was four and a half months of rehearsals. Yeah, and like that, and like that's how you get the film that good. Yeah,
0: and but do you know how you get four and a half months of rehearsals? Do you know how you get that? By, by being, being Steven, Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's not a diss. That is just like, you can't be angrier in the heights because John M. Chu doesn't have, do you know what I'm sure, saying? Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, 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 reversing time, Superman knitting himself back together at the end of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. I uh, I have not really put a cap on how many nominees, but like, check out our episode on that. That bit rips. The final Monster Hunt in Monster Hunter, I like... Paul W S Anderson makes a certain kind of film, and that kind of film is distinctly not good. Uh, is shite. Yeah, but he's so good at it. He's so good at working with Mia. Like, if you like that kind of film, you like Monster Hunter, and that that fight is cool. Right. Like, obvious. This was a major contender for winner, but uh, the bus fight in Nobody. it
1: uh, yeah, that's on my list as well. It
0: is what a oh. Just check it out. Go to Twitter. I've recut it to the song Nobody by Mitski. Um, A lot of great, like, again, this was the nobody spot. The ending fight in there is great. I'm so glad we live in a world where John Wick is a genre. Yes. And so we can just have Bob Odenkirk John Wick. Uh, nobody is uh, uh, um, was, was on our list. Mm. Uh, it, it was very close. It was number 16. Um, it was yeah, three films away from getting into the sixteen, and uh, uh, it was only on your list. But that's because I'm a coward.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, like Bob Odenkirk is like really, really fucking good in Nobody, and and he yeah. like, he does he does a fantastic job in the fights. The fights are so bloody and so like gnarly. It's it, yeah, and but also so like. Oh fuck yeah! yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, like we saw nobody to get from the theater, yeah. and Bill like a bunch of points. We we were both just looking through like yeah. Uh,
0: the helmet fight in the Suicide Squad. The Suicide yeah. Squad. The the good superhero film of the year. The fight entirely reflected in Peacemaker's helmet. Uh, it, it's boring to talk about superhero films, but like uh, the Suicide Squad da, da is, is good. Is good and entertaining and. How far James Gunn pushes the satire of the character of the Peacemaker, yep. especially with it being John Cena, uh, is real cool. Uh, the gun keep away dance in West Side Story. Absolutely. I, again, I, I, I could have put fucking anything from West Side yeah, Story yeah, like, here. But,
1: but, yeah, like that's not the West Side Story that I picked, but I had a short list of like four different West Side Story sequences. Yeah. Uh, I, yesterday I watched the original West Side Story, and I read the Wikipedia page of the like Broadway show. Yeah. And the like thing that happens in Cool, which which doesn't happen in any of the other versions that I've seen or read about, is is, is the switch in perspective, like like partway through the song. In the nineteen sixty one version, when they're singing Cool, it, it's the like second in command of a gang after Riff has died and he's he's like he's yep. just singing everyone to keep it cool. In in the in the original production, I think it's it's it's, it's Riff singing to the rest of the Jets, uh just before they they have the war council. Yeah. But like in this, it, it starts with Ansel Elgort, being, being sort of, being like, sort sort of the aggressor, and, and, and he, he's singing, he's he's trying to get he, he's trying to get riff and and the rest of the jets to like to, 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 to like reconsider to like reconsider using the gun and like violence. He has the gun, and he's keeping away from them, and then halfway through the fucking song, riff gets the gun, and now and now he is the one singing uh, and t- 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 telling and, t- and telling telling Tony to be cool, and uh, I think I think that is such a smart move. I love that a lot.
0: Yeah, every time the film, with, with the exception of putting "I am I'm so pretty" after uh, the the killings, mm. which is was the in the original original intention, it's yeah. often moved earlier. But the point of that song is irony. Yeah, uh, uh, I love that. Everything I loved about West Side Story, which we're going to talk about it a few more times, uh, is a film I both love and also really bounce off uh for reasons we'll talk about but like it, it it is it is the things he changes that i i like yeah um uh, but my winner is the whole first half of titan <laughs> titan uh possibly the most controversial uh a film not on our list, not counting the people on Reddit who are complaining that we don't have films on the list that we can't have seen uh, that, that have not come out here yet. Yeah. would love to put Memoria on the list uh, or, or, or drive my car. Uh, Titan, uh, as someone who, uh, well, Titan is technically on the list. It's, it's 22nd equal, which is the bottom. Mm. Um, but, uh, I, I went back to raw uh 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 which, uh which is uh I wanna call her Emily DeCurno, but that's Julia me, Julia DeCurno. Uh her her debut, which is I uh a fucking home run. Yeah. That that film is incredible and the thing that film has going for it is that it uh uh Every bit of it is like vital and expanding on the previous moment. Yeah,
1: and, and like it, it's a movie I saw like once, like three years ago. Yeah, and there are still so many scenes and images yeah. which are burned into my brain. It, and like, and as as much as I wanted to love Titan, like, I cannot really say the same thing about Titan.
0: I, I I I think like the 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 opening in the car leading to the car crash then her arriving at the car show dancing on the car flirting in the shower being followed by the guy stabbing him in the head meeting up with the girl trying trying to kill her these are not spoilers this is like the setup of the film yeah, yeah. um and, and then like the the the, the like yackety sex. oh i've murdered you oh another witness <laughs> has come i uh, that to me is possibly the greatest Run of fifteen to thirty minutes of cinema of of the year. I I, I think it's doing really interesting, dynamic stuff. I think it's yeah. beautiful. I and I I was just really disappointed with where the plot goes after that point. Yeah, on, on in both terms of like what it is doing thematically. I think it becomes quite pat. I think it becomes quite obvious. And also, I, as, as we will discuss going forward, it's, it's going to show up a couple more times, at least on my end. Uh, I, I have real issues with how the corner treats some of its body horror. But, like, if I, I, I came so close to trying to talk you into being like, what if we have the, the opening of Titan as a film on the list? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because it feels to me like the first race and Speed Racer, one of those bits of cinema I'm just going to keep heading again and again. Yeah. Who, who's coming out to present to you? Who's Paddington welcoming onto oh. the stage?
1: <sighs> L- limping out, <laughs> battered, bloody, bruised, uh, staples in their faces. <laughs> Uh, limbs broken. It's Ikuuace and <laughs> Joe Taslim from the final fight of the night comes for us. Uh, my nominations for uh, best uh, fight or dance sequence is uh, G Officer Kropke from West Side Story, mm. where they're all in the, all in the police station. Uh, uh, just like, just like, fantastic physical comedy. Uh, I l- love everything everyone's doing in that. Such a great song. I I, I really prefer the staging of that to to the staging. In the 1961 version, and I I prefer the place it has in the narrative. I also love about be like lead into that musical number. There's a trans man uh, punching a cop in the face.
0: I agree with everything you just said. Mm. That's maybe my favorite song from the musical. Yeah. Uh, uh, but leads to my like political issue with right. West Side Story it is that, that Tony Kushner who 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 wrote the screenplay for Spielberg, who uh, wrote Angels in America, mm. which is Incredible! Like he, he know like he engages with politics, and he obviously forefronts the politics in a lot of this. Yeah, and and the way it leans into uh, uh, the politics is like the first thing we see the Jets doing is graffitiing a Puerto Rican flag. Yeah, where a lot of weight is put on the fact that like. The crime that put Tony in jail was beating up an Egyptian person. It was an act of of racial hate. Yeah, the 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 the, like the racist subtext that's really there. But it is, this is a gang of racists versus Puerto Ricans, and explicitly so. Yes, and so and the thing with like G Oscar Kropke is that it is asking us to look at these. Look at these lovely scoundrels. Like
1: that, 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 that's that's what I think. Like Spielberg does. But, like I, I I I personally think like Spielberg and Kushner like handle the like tone shifts of the movie really well. Here are these kids who are like actually violent hooligans, but also you're going to enjoy watching them sing and dance. That that stuff for me plays really well, and stuff that's like as funny and like as charming as G. Officer Krupke just makes the like the real harsh stuff in the back half of the movie kind of hit harder.
0: Ah. Uh- i i i think oh i don't know, like in in uh in the specific case and i and I think because obviously it's a jets heavy film oh. over over the sharks and, and that ends up that the sharks end up being narratively the aggressors hmm. against the racists, and i think i'd not i just think you should have given it to the sharks i think. The the scene exactly the same, but it's not the jets; it's the sharks. Yeah, and so then it becomes about racial profiling, and it, like, yeah, do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. And because yeah, it's it's great. I just kept being, and I absolutely like they are so intentionally being like, look at these racists, and we're going to kind of poison the well. You will love and hate them. Yeah, and it's just that I for me that like the twist of lemon in that wound never really lands, and right. that is because uh, uh, the villain is still a shark, you know? Anyway, Sorry. I would give G-Officer to the sharks, mm-hmm. and I would make Rift's death unsympathetic. Right. And, like, I think those two things would go a long way towards kind of evening it out. To me, Bernardo is clearly the antagonist of the film. And, sure, and, sure. and they have done stuff to, to soften it. And, and, and I think that's really good and interesting. Yep. But like, they, they needed for us, we need to hate Riff more, but it's like, sure. it is, it's just a, it's just a personal thing. Yeah. Anyway, sorry.
1: Uh, my uh, my second nomination is escaping the police station in *Malignant*. Oh man, uh, you you told ooh, me, then you got to watch ooh. *Malignant*. Uh, this is your shit. Yeah. and I watched *Malignant*. And for for the first like thirty minutes, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> well. But then the reveal in *Malignant*, which I'm going to get to it in, like in a couple in a couple of things, is like one of my favorite moments of the year. Yeah, and and like when those action scenes start happening, yeah, it's just beautiful nonsense horror action cinema. And like yeah, and, and that scene of be like of the like black trench-coated backwards monster fighting fighting out through a police station is like it is it is so funny. It's so thrilling. It is so yeah. gross. I, I, I love loved every second of it.
0: I have malignant elsewhere, yeah. and it's arbitrary that I I didn't nominate it. But like uh, as much as I. And um, I, I appreciate the fact that they made a film that seems like the fake film a sitcom character yeah. is in, in, in the nineties. Uh, I, more than I enjoy it, but like it gets it so right. It has such a personality yeah. to it. It has such a sense of weirdness and fun. And also like a thing I really appreciate, uh, 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 which we'll get to again when we talk about grossest thing mm. is like this is a film about a deformed killer but they work so hard, but invisibly to make sure that it is also absolutely fantastical. So yeah. it's not, there's no sense in this of being like the problem with disabled people is that they're backwards and murderers. Yeah. You know?
1: and, 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 and like this year, James Wan, a filmmaker I don't really care about. And Edgar Wright, one of my favorite filmmakers, both made like b- b- both made movies that, that are like giallo hom- homages. Yeah. and, and James Wan's one rips, and Edgar Wright's one uh, is uh, bad. Yeah. And I, I would, would would never have seen that coming. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Malignant Police Station, uh, incredible. Good. Uh, my, shit. My next nomination is The Last Duel in The Last Duel. Yeah. Uh, goes hard. They beat the shit out of each other. Uh, Matt Damon plays a uh, violent fug incredibly well. It gets nice and gross. I love how dirty and gritty and bloody uh, Rid- Ridley Scott <laughs> makes it. Uh, yeah,
0: I have. I, I realize I didn't say this. All of my categories, I have excluded are films that are in the knockout bracket yeah. on the policy of talking about more stuff. But also, I looked down that list of 16 films and was like, I could pick a bit from each of those for any of these categories. Mm. Let's talk about other stuff. Yeah. But like, yeah, like in, in a world where I didn't have that rule, It would hard to not have the last duel as a winner. Like it is like it's, it's called the last duel. It starts with the lead up to it. Then you have two hours and 20 minutes of film, which is all, which is three times people being like, Oh, I'm not. Oh, we're friends. Oh, I don't like you. Let's duel. And then again, and you're like, this duel. What's it (laughs) going to be? still going to be good. And then it is, it is like. It is brutal and surprising and yeah. energetic and but
1: horrifying. And, and and like also, I, I watched Ridley Scott's first film, uh, *The Duelist*, this, this year, which is also a movie about like dumb French like military aristocracy people ruining their lives through like through, like idiotic duels about their, their own personal sense of honor. And like this is something Ridley has been. Has has been interested in for like fifty years now. I love that he like went back to the well and did something totally different with it. It's uh, great. Uh, my my next nomination is the bus fight in nobody. Uh, and then, uh, um, uh, uh, then, then my final nomination is is Mads on the pier in another round uh, dancing yeah. uh, w- with the kids. Yeah, Maz um, uh, Mackelson is an incredible dancer. He, he he was a gymnast before he before he became an actor, and he he. He just moves so incredibly, and like, and and he he is just one of he, he is one of those people like like like, like Wells or Isabella Jani, where just like you, when they're on a movie screen, you cannot not watch them. He yeah. he is he is a beautiful, compelling, like like graceful man and sitting seeing him dance around that, that like release of, of like, of, of like emotion and joy is, is so, is so wonderful.
0: Well, and, and that, that it comes from, cause like one of the joys of Mads is that like, obviously he's incredibly charismatic. One of the most beautiful <laughs> things in the world. Yeah. And, but also that every time I see a new performance from him, it's different. Yeah. Um, even if he's playing Shades in the Same Thing, like there, he has no right to have put as much thought and energy into his performance in Chaos Walking, for example,
1: as sure, anything yeah, else. Yeah. And, which is a movie I, I like I consider giving him a best actor nomination <laughs> <laughs> well, for just just cause just, like, even though that's a bad movie, I think he's super fun at it. Um, and he wears some great uh, Michael and Mrs. Miller coats.
0: And, and and the thing you see in another round is like boring man. It's like this boring yeah. man in this boring life. And so that dance comes at the end. Of, it's just this man just exploding out of all of his repression. And yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful.
1: A million other things I could have picked from, from West Side Story or, or, or from no time to die. I, my, my, my winner is malignant. That, that's, just, that's yep. just, that's just, that's some of the most fun I've had watching a movie this year. Yeah. No. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to watch that scene so many more times.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's, it's great stuff. Okay. Round two of our knockouts. We're in documentary corner. Uh, this is the one place that I, that I twiddled with proper a lot knock, knockout math. So we had our two docos facing each other. They're both docos about events. We have James and Icy, a, a New Zealand documentary about the build up to uh, a woman's hundredth Birthday party. Yep. She's now 102. My favourite thing in all the most fear
1: I've had in a film. <laughs> was it going to end with? with, with, with like uh, uh, Izzy Cross? Like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That because the end of the not, film, not 1919 to 2020. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Is that the end of the film? Is is uh, James, who is her son, who looks after her. He also. Uh, uh, he's credited as production designer. He he he. Yeah, he's, he's
1: got a writing credit. Uh,
0: so he's a real author of the film, as well as Florian Heibach, who's one of New Zealand's great filmmakers. He made Spookers, Love Story, kakohi De- Demolition. Uh, they're all really interesting kind of art films, uh, semi-docos, things like that to mm-hmm. check out. But yeah, no, it ends uh, uh, with uh, James going up to to uh, Cape Reinga, hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, to look at the waves where our spirits leave the earth uh, um, and, and all these beautiful shots it's a beautiful um, uh, of the rolling sea and I kept being like but this is the perfect moment because the film is clearly almost over for the title Icy died yeah. on the blah but no she's still <laughs> I mean, and then finding out that she's still alive I mean <laughs> yeah, she's 102 <laughs> Um and the other film uh, is is about the Harlem Cultural Festival
1: yeah. uh uh it was a, a music and culture festival that, that took place in Harlem in the same summer as as Woodstock
0: 1969
1: yeah, yeah. and uh, Woodstock became you know the, the, this 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 like there's like international phenomenon and movies were released about it and and, and yeah. it became seen as like this like defining event of the 60s and this you know this happened at the same time bringing like well, like four hundred thousand people to, to to a park in Harlem over yeah. several months and and like but but and it was it was all professionally filmed, but no one could ever find a distributor for for, for the film.
0: Let's do let's let's vote. One, two, three, summer, summer of soul. soul. Uh like again, these are two five star films.
1: Uh, I, I, I personally am not super hot on James and I. Oh, think. no, I, 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 yeah. like for me, yeah, these yeah. are
0: two five star films. I, I, Summer of Soul, just by speaking to slightly bigger things, uh, and, and just being slightly more artful, uh edges it for me. Mm. But, but that was, but that was a painful choice. Yeah. So, yeah, why not, uh, uh introduce us. To James and I see yeah it's 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 a guy arranging his 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 mum's centenary
1: yeah Izzy cross is a Maori woman she was born in 1919 and has like lived her entire life in Northland in, in, the, in the North New Zealand her son James lives with her he's been living with her for like 30 years now as as her as her like living caretaker and in the like week leading up to her hundredth birthday this documentarian Florian Hab uh, come, come comes up to Northland and like spends the week with them the Filming them as they kind of go around, go about their daily life on, on on their farm, and like going into town, running errands, trying trying to get the party ready, and it ends with this big party, this big celebration of this incredible life, and then the scene of James going up to Caprianga. I liked it. Yeah, yeah it, it it was. A, you hadn't seen it. Yeah, you saw it because it was on my list. Personally, I I I think that like Izzy is incredible. She, oh, she yeah. is she she is so charming. She is so charismatic. She, what she, a talent! Yeah, she right? she's she's amazing. I didn't connect that hard with James. And like halfway through the movie, you kind of realize, oh, this dude's like kind of nuts. In, in, in like a way that I didn't like find super enjoyable to watch. He's wearing traditional like, multi-ceremonial clothing, you know, doing lots of chanting and like, singing lots of waiata mm. And there's a scene where he's like praying over, over, over a cow and he's just had to put down and stuff. And it, 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 it seems like he's speaking to reo. But also, it feels kind of off. There's, there's something like slowly off about it. Yeah. And then about at, at about half an hour, uh, there there is a sit down with with, with James, Isaac, and Florian, and and he's asking he asks Isaac about her religious views, and he moves over to to he moves over to James, and he asks and he starts talking to James about it, and J, and James starts talking about how he's like a shaman and a high priest, but he doesn't say of what, and and being. And, and then uh, he starts talking about how how he has these he, like certain gifts that were like passed down to him by his ancestors, and 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 and, and 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 Florian says, so is is that why you is that why you is is that why you chose to learn Torea? Uh, because because of his gifts? And he says, oh, I haven't learned anything. Everything just sort of comes naturally to me. And Florian pushes him a bit more on it, and and he's like, people think I'm talking in Maori or 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 in Hawaii or, or Native American, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm talking in older language. I'm, ta- I'm talking the language of, of old Sanskrit, of, of of before there were words. I'm, 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 I'm communicating directly with the old gods. So uh, uh,
0: my counterpoint uh, is that that was the moment I knew I loved this film. And, and it's because these, yeah, he, he is essentially doing what Christians would call speaking in tongues. Yeah. And that scene also reveals how much of an outsider I'd see has been... Mm. Uh, they have a very fraught relationship with their iwi, mm. which for our international listeners is kind of like tribe as a term, yeah. but is is more complicated than that. Uh, uh, I am. It is being reductive. I don't want to go into more depth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, um, and, and their their relationships with family and, but then that it built, and so it was about these two. As outsiders, for mm. me, as like weirdos, if you will, yeah. and I was like, yeah, who? There are things I really bounce off about both of them, mm. and things I really love whiskey every day, great. Um, but that it's still built to. At the end, there is this big party where everyone comes and everyone celebrates. I see. For me, it is a film about how the importance of community it is it's not about purity or sanity or logic. It is about being together with other people, even if you're not always on the, on the same team.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: Uh, and it is these, these two people who have had very difficult lives and, and responded to them in uh, illogical ways, Yeah, uh, ways that to me seem illogical but that they are still loved. And I love that as, as a feeling. And like the, the most emotional I've gotten recently was was when looking for images to, to put together for the episode artwork for this episode. Um, There are more images. Uh, there are lots of images from the premiere right here at the Civic uh, and seeing this fucking spangly car with Aitzi outside of it uh, and uh, a kapahaka group welcoming her someone laying down the challenge for her to to go in yes. there and, and being just surrounded by thousands of people, then just this massive cinema of people a hundred percent full mm. of people here to celebrate these two made mm. me very emotional right and, yeah. and like that 's what I think the magic of this film is i think I think hey, does a great job of uh, 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 of trusting us. To care about these people, not judging them. But I also, but yeah, they're, they're, goodbye, James Nightsee. I, I do love you. Check it out. If you can, I hope yeah. it's available internationally. Uh, it,
1: it's, it's on the uh, documentary streaming service Doc Play. Oh, yeah. So and I it, think that might just be like New Zealand and Australia.
0: Yeah. N- uh, New Zealand film has its own, st- like the yeah. Film Commission has its own streaming service that it's available through. And I hope that's available internationally. Yeah. Um, it's great. It's like 90 minutes. Yeah. And now our next category, it's best one scene asterisk performance. <laughs> We're kind of stretching this. It's things that feel like a one scene performance, yeah.
1: you know, um, but Finn. So to, uh, to present one scene performances is my wonder from 2018. He's stumbling out with that knife still in his head. It's Macon Blair from Hold the Dark.
0: <laughs> okay, he, yeah, he's yeah. he's in
1: a movie like yeah. like five minutes and then and, then Alexa, and then Alexander Alexander Skarsgård <laughs> fucking stabs him right in the head. Oh, what a what a what a gnarly movie. Uh, and so uh, the uh, my uh, five nominees. This was a real tough category for, for me this year. I, I had to cut like four things last night. Uh, uh, so yeah, so my uh, my my, uh, my nominees are. Tyler Perry and those who Wish Me Dead uh, th- that, that movie where Angelina Jolie plays a uh, plays uh, plays a uh, plays a like a forest fire firefighter uh, is uh, pretty fun. Uh, like John, John Burnfall's great in it uh, Angelina Jolie's great in it. Uh, t- t- Taylor Sheridan uh, is not a not someone I like super love as, as, a, as a director but like something he really gets right is 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 that like is, is the like michael Mann like feel and sound of gunshots he, he he does that excellently uh and yeah he, he has tyler perry show up for one scene as the like shadowy boss of the conspiracy uh behind everything and he he just he just fucking kills it he's uh he's super fun uh, uh my second nominee is james nelson joyce as the taxi driver in the nest
0: Ding, ah, oh, yeah, <laughs> again, if, if if I was including films on the bracket, man,
1: what, he drives that taxi, yeah. he... There are two great one-scene performances in The Nest, there, yeah. there's also Anne Reed as Jude Law's mum, Yeah, and like, it was just a matter of picking which one of them I, I yeah, I, I eventually went with, with James Nelson Joyce because I'd never heard of him before, Well, and, and yeah, and, and that, that scene of him driving Jude Law in a taxi is, oh man, he, yeah, he... He kills it, yeah, and um most of it is not even honest yeah no, it, it, yeah it's it, it's an almost like totally vocal performance you, you you he like turns around at one point and it's yeah it, and, and, it, and, and like he's 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 got this like really interesting face like his, his like his like brows are kind of like yeah. his, his like brow line kind of like jumped out of it, it. He's got, he's got like kind of a caveman. Face. Yeah. There's something slightly yeah. in the end all about him. And like
0: that scene really captures what it's like to be in a taxi and a taxi driver <laughs> asks you a series of seemingly innocuous questions that drive you to have a breakdown. Yeah. Um,
1: uh, my uh, third nomination is Alan Moore in the show. Yeah, uh, uh, th- this is this is a uh, this is a, this is a movie written by Alan Moore and, and directed by his collaborator Mitch Jenkins. Uh, like not a not a fully successful movie, but like a, a like kind of a oh. fun uh, like a fun weird noir set in Northampton.
0: uh, An incredibly noble failure, I
1: think, and like I, I, it's a movie I uh, really enjoyed because uh, the uh, because because the main character is straight edge. Yeah, Um, (laughs) it's yeah, Uh, it's
0: wild, and Alan Moore casts himself as a character who. The first thing we should talk about is uh, he's dressed as the moon. Yeah, his face is painted silver. His hair and beard put to pointed curves. Yeah,
1: uh, he, he he's also a ghost and Peter cook <laughs> in yeah.
0: idea space. And it all builds to this. He's, he's kind of in the background. It has this beautiful build and that the first time you see him, he's a detail in the back of a photo and you go, Oh, that's Alan Moore's yeah. cameo. Then he gets another shot, another scene. And you're like, oh, okay. Then he gets us a, a little moment. And then, and
1: then it turns out he's the antagonist of the movie. <laughs> and he has this incredible scene where he explains to Tom Burke in a dream like like what is going on, yeah, and the like nature of of this dream crime he is trying to pull in idea space yeah.
0: as both a character and it is it is I think by far and away the best example of an author in the text yeah. uh, talking because it's full of like Tomberg being like, so what's your plan? And he goes plan that's boring it's a plot, this is my <laughs> plot. these are my characters, <laughs> but he just he's so compelling yeah. it's shot so ah. Uh, and I just—it's one of those things where I'm like, when where is the Ellen Moore Rasputin film? Where is the Ellen Moore Winston Churchill film? Why is Ellen Moore not the next
1: Bond? <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, like it's—it's a like it, it, if it was someone who wasn't Ellen Moore giving this performance, it would be a star-making performance. It's yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's it's so great. Uh, uh, my next one is uh, uh, my next one is uh, David Nell in Pig. Uh, he, he's the he's the, he's the restaurant owner. Yeah. Uh, one 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 of the scenes of the year is Nicolas Cage just like just incredibly so yeah, gently Cage faces sky.
0: and he says this isn't real.
1: You aren't real, and there there are just all these incredible close ups on 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 his face yeah. as as he's hearing like his lights work torn apart. Yeah, and it's just it's like just. Beautiful, like not like non yeah. like non showy, like supporting work. Yeah, yeah. My final nomination uh, is Anna Diarmas in No Time to Die. Ding ding. Uh, this is this one that's like kind of a stretch because she's in like it's a sequence yeah, she's yeah. one sequence yes, yeah, like she, yeah she she shows up in the movie and then she is like basically not off screen until yeah. she leaves the movie like 15 minutes later like, yeah it's, it's conceivably
0: d- d- one DVD chapter
1: yeah there are like no time skips really it is all it is all like one kind of thing there there's, like,
0: like, there's
1: a, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, I'm a big fan of Anna Dia and in this short sequence in No Time to Die she like establishes herself as like one of the great Bond girls ever yeah uh, like she she does everything a Bond girl has to do like she is like she is incredibly funny and charming and sexy and does like good action. Like it's, yeah, it, it no, is, it's, it is what the role calls for. And she like gives it more than it should get. Yeah. It's
0: fun. Uh, no time to die. It was on our combined list. I, 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 put it on there. You didn't have it on your list. Yeah, it,
1: it was like, it was like four, it was like four or five places. Like,
0: yeah, yeah. no. It, it, and we'll talk about it more, but it just, just for the stats people, it was at number 19.
1: Um, and mean, uh, my, 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 uh, my winner is, I, 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 I think it's a tie between Alan Moore and Andi Amas. Those, like, two of the performances this year that made me just, like, move forward on my seat, and she's like, I've got to, I've got to get every second of this.
0: Yeah. Uh, my nominees, there's some crossover, uh, uh, Zendaya in Malcolm and Marie, oh. <laughs> which is, uh, not, uh, June is on the list. I, like, look, I'm saying are some of these yeah. ones where I'm saying they're for one film, but secretly <laughs> they're kind of for one of the films that are on the list, maybe. But also, like, uh, Malcolm and Marie is a film that ultimately fails, and it ultimately fails because the script is bad.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's one where I was kind of meaning to watch all year, but i but I was trying to watch fewer bad movies this year. Yeah.
0: And, but uh uh and I could have put either member of the cast, I think Zendaya does a little better. Like she just does a good acting job in it. And, um next, Ana Diamas in No Time To Die. Next, Molly Parker in Pieces of a Woman, which is okay. technically like three or four scene performance, but it opens with this very long scene of uh, uh, uh Vanessa Kirby giving birth and yep. Molly Parker is uh, the the midwife right. who who comes and she she appears a couple more times but that's the bulk of her action and like pieces of a woman is i think a collection of of very good performances uh uh, and shia labeouf uh and and, but like 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 i wish sarah snook had only been in one scene in this Uh, i wish ellen burston had been but yeah it's it's that is like uh, like main, a mainstream drama about big things that yeah. that doesn't fail, but it doesn't soar for me. And yeah, my winner, I think empirically the winner is Alan Moore in the show. Uh, it is like I, 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 yeah, I, I'm fucking in deep on Alan Moore. Yeah. I I love the man. I love his work, the way he thinks about his work and, and the world and idea space is, incredibly important to me personally like me saying <laughs> that, that watching Gertrude and then possession was a major psychic <laughs> event uh, and like that happening to me yeah. doesn't happen without knowing Alan Moore I like I, I think maybe gun to my head that from hell is the best book or work of fiction ever okay. It's certainly the best comic uh, like, uh, and uh, the, the the next on the list is also Alan Moore, you know, and so on. Yeah. Uh, and he, so I was ready to like this. I was ready to be kind of entertained by it. Uh, but that he, uh, and I, when he started going, going on about idea space, I was like, okay, cool. So you've put yourself in your film to t- to talk about your thoughts. Yeah. And then as I realized that, that what he has done, because like Alan Moore's trick that so many people have made more successful careers of is looking at a thing and going like, but well, what are the implications of this? And it, this is Alan Moore looking at his whole body of work and going, what are the implications of this? And he goes like, oh, I'm the bad guy. And then he does that. Yeah. It's, ah, uh, I mean, like, yeah, watch the show. It's not good. And I'll we'll talk about why later, but it is like it's never not interesting, yeah. and all all of its problems are like irritations rather than mistakes. Yeah. So next elimination Hate number three, we have uh, two uh, uh, visionary auteurs uh, uh, taking their aesthetics to the, the 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 ultimate extreme, and in one case it is uh, borderline silent movie minimalism in David Lowry's The Green Knight, and the other being like, uh, you know what I'm going to fucking do? I'm just going to make a magazine, but it's a film. It,
1: it is two hours of the most incredible
0: showing off. Yeah, <laughs> which is our Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch of the Liberty Kansas Evening Sun. Yeah. So, three, two, one
1: the French Green Knight.
0: Stage. Oh! I
1: like this one. Really, can go either way with me, but I, 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 I knew you were going to pick a French Dispatch, so I picked the Green yeah, Knight. Okay. So, like, here, here is the thing. Yeah, uh, uh, I
0: uh, the friend the Green Knight was not on my list mm. because uh, uh, I was saving it for myself as a treat because I knew I would like it. Yeah, uh, and then I just kept putting it off, and, and so I got to watch it for the first time last night because. You placed it so it ended up in the bracket. And I was so right to keep it as a treat. I have been open on this podcast about my feelings about Dev Patel. <laughs> yes. And that David Lowry was like, I know what a good concept for a film is. Dev Patel for two hours in Countryside. I'm like, yeah. And then my second lead is Alicia Vikander, who I guess is all right to look at too. And like exploring Arthurian myth, which I have obviously a name-based relationship with. It's nice to see Sean Harris playing my son. Um, And it is so beautiful. And I appreciate, I I loved being in it and luxuriating in it. uh, And I got it. But watching the French Dispatch for me, and this is so context, because it was one of the first films I saw after we got out of lockdown. Yeah, same. Uh, and, And to me, that film, is Wes Anderson going, all right, fuck it. Do you know what's cool? Jeffrey Wright's voice. Yes. Hilda Swinton talking about, like, how good is painting? Do you know how blue Saoirse Ronan's eyes are Man, you know when you have a meal, and it means the world to you, and like, the revolutionary vigour, of students and how it drives them. These things are so cool. And like, I just through the whole thing. My heart kept swelling and swelling. And I just kept being like, I just was so happy to be alive. Yeah. I left the French dispatch wanting to be like, I need to kiss my partner. <laughs> I need to appreciate the good things again. And like one of those good things is, is the green night. But like the Green Knight, I, you know, I, I look at and appreciate. Yeah. And it's so good at that. But like, I felt the French dispatch in, in a way that like, I kind of haven't, uh, Wes Anderson film since Royal Tenon Barnes. Right. And yeah. like, I probably think Budapest is his best, but that's just because I think making such a good puzzle box. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, that is my argument why it should be the French Dispatch. I
1: think I think I'm putting it below the Green Knight because I, I watched all of Wes Anderson's films this year except for uh, except for Bottle Rocket, and I, I think this is like his like fifth best movie. Whereas like I've seen one other David Lowry movie and that's The Old Man and the Gun, which I liked a lot, but I think the, the Green Knight is the best David Lowry thing I've seen. I I love every single thing that is happening in the French Dispatch, but also. It like there is kind of an element of it, which, which kind of feels like Wes Anderson is just showing off, and like it's incredible showing off every moment of that film, from the lighting to the filming to like how people are, pre- are placed in the frame to the editing. Every single moment of it looks exquisite. There are moments of it that I that I say, like got that, that I say, like got to me emotionally, but but like my my, my appreciation of the film is more like aesthetic. Than it like creating any really like strong feelings in me. I got the feeling from that of like looking at an incredible painting rather than like watching a movie that moved me. I uh, yeah. Well, like the Green Knight has one of my favorite opening shots in a film this year. Cameras like <laughs> moving through that hall, I mean, his and his death. Tell the crown flows down onto his head. Yeah. I mean, his body like bursts into flames. It's, it's, it's great. The like final montage of of where Garwin's life goes mm. is astounding to me. I also love Dev Patel and like, and like, just see, seeing him play v- v- this like Arthurian knight as well as he plays David Copperfield is, yeah, is, yeah, just one of those things like, fuck you. You don't get it. You don't, yeah. you're not allowed to do that. It's like reading a drill tweet when you're like, nah, you're, yeah. you're too, you're too good at this.
0: Great to see Ralph Innocent yeah. back, presumably uh in some kind of horrific chattel slavery situation with A twenty four. he is amazing. Everyone. Like, everyone like, like Sean,
1: Sean, yeah. Sean Harris as King Arthur is one of my favourite performances of yeah. the year. And just like the like the, the like sense of like of like brokenness and decay you get like just from his voice and his physicality. That's my boy. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I but like I, I have no problem with eye of these songs going
0: I, I like, here is the thing. Uh, I, I, there is for me five to ten minutes too much just walking through fields. Right. It, 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 it never loses me. Uh, but it is, uh, yeah, I just, right. I, 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 like, I'm, I'm saying French, okay, French dispatch when Tony Revelory ages into Benicio del Toro.
1: That's a beautiful
0: moment. And, and they do it. Tony Revolori plays a young Benicio del Toro character, and he, he gets into prison. Tony Revolori sits in the cell. We have already seen Benicio in. And then the way they show time passing is that Benicio walks in, puts his hand on Tony Revolori's shoulder, make eye contact, and they swap, and he sits, and they leave, and they have this moment. And revelory leaves, leaving the film. Yeah. That for me is bigger than anything in the Green Knight. Right. That's yeah.
1: why I think yeah, that no, should be yeah, no French Dispatch. Yeah, when I was saying like nothing really like got me emotionally in the French dispatch. I'd forgotten about that moment, which yeah is yeah. is is remarkable and it's like one of, and is like what one of those things that like does put a lie to the idea that Wes, that Wes Anderson is just this like. This like cold puppet master. That is that is such a like thoughtful and human moment.
0: So is that you saying it's okay that the French dispatch is? Sure. That point about about it showing how much of a lie Wes Anderson not being emotional is 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 a big part of the film for me.
1: Yeah. Tell us about the Green Knight. So the Green Knight directed by David Lowry, starring Jeff Patel and a bunch of other hot people. Yeah. is an adaptation of, of like ancient uh, uh, British, uh, like a folk story of Garwin and the Green Knight. Uh, it's about a cocksure young knight of King Arthur's Round Table uh, who, on Christmas Day, is challenged to a game by a, a tree man, basically. Yeah, and a, gr- a Green Knight. A if Green you will. Knight. This Green Knight uh, uh, r- r- rides into the hall at Camelot and basically says, uh, "Hey, I want to play a game." Any one of your knights uh, can get up can challenge me. They, they get one blow with a sword or an axe or whatever. They can do whatever they want on the condition that in one year's time, next Christmas, they will come to my chapel and I will deliver the same blow back to them. And Garwin, who is played by, by Dev Patel, is, doesn't take life too seriously. It's, it's kind of a flake. Not, not yet even a knight. Yeah.
0: Uh, uh, like uh, Introductory character B is is Sean Harris as
1: King Arthur being like,
0: uh, come hang out with us. I know I've kept you away for a while.
1: Yeah, Sean Harris, as, as King says to him, tell me a story of, of yourself. And he says, you know, I, I have, I have nothing to tell.
0: It's a film of such beautiful minimalism. Mm. Lowry ha- has really begun to specialize in doing the most with as little as possible. Mm. And it was like the moment when I was like, Oh, this film is more than just an excuse for me to look at the incredible angles of this man's very talented face. Was how in that conversation, it starts with, 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 with the king being like, I'm sorry, we have been absent. You know, I, I was too proud. And they both have incredibly glassy eyes full of pent up emotion. And the way he cuts between the two of them in that it is like all the backstory you need. Yeah. Like, like you get so much of this world, you get so much of the setup, uh, uh, from, from incidental details. This, this film trusts its audience and, um, builds something really interesting that, that works both whether you don't know the story or whether you do. And because yeah. what you do, it, it, it subverts, part of the story from minor details of make, moving it from new year's eve to christmas uh, to adding saint winifred into it
1: Garwin, he decides this will be the like thing that like makes his name is 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 he will is he he will take on the green knight's challenge so uh, so king arthur hands him excalibur and he he's holding his he's holding his legendary sword for yeah. the first time and you know I taught him
0: that yeah. when he was a little kid i was like, you share excalibur
1: you know, instead of just like giving the knight like a scratch on his face or like, you know, whack on the arm or whatever, he uh, uh, he cuts his head off and, and you know, he thinks to himself, ah, I've done it, I've Got I beat the game. Yeah. But then the knight uh, pick, uh, picks his head up off the ground, what? Uh, walks to his horse and uh, says, one
0: year hence. And you're like, David. Stop doing more than I could with a thousand words than you can with three. I hate you. And also, have you seen what David Larry looks like? Yeah, yeah. He looks like Max Payne from Max Payne 3.
1: Anyway, keep going. Yeah, yeah. So then then the rest of the film is a year passes and Garwin has to go out. Uh, he, he has a to go too on, brief year. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's <laughs> full of great, beautiful intertitles. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I love cinema.
1: Yeah, and he has to go out on. He has to go out on a quest, and you know, the whole thing is kind of about like, is 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 he is he man enough to do what has to be done? Mm-hmm. Is is he going to honor this commitment that he's made, or is he going to fucking chicken out? of it like, like it seems like he will. The adventure that he goes on is like, actually feels like. Mythic in a way that a lot of movies about myths these days do not.
0: Yeah. What a good point. I had not considered that. But yeah, no, it it, it has the elliptical, yeah. like there is this constant sense, like the joy of the Hobbit, right? And that it is this small journey where you keep touching on these things that speak to such a bigger world. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He meets uh, Barry Keegan. Oh, love to see Barry yeah. Keegan. Uh, 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 and. Barry Keegan, it's just this random rap scallion, you know, who turns out to be a thief. But it is just the giants. Ah, oh,
1: yeah, yeah, god, yeah. There, 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 there's a scene where he meets some giants, which is like, like cl- clearly, it's not done on the sort of budget. that you'd want if you're going to have someone interacting with giants. But like, it, it is the like the like the way they depict the giants is is like so interesting and works really well for the film. And and like you you get like like it, it it does a really good job at like showing how big they are it is easy to show things being big it is it is hard to make things feel like they are big and and, th- and this does a great job of that yeah and it, yeah and 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 then like it ends with a like 10 minute long montage which is just which is just beautiful and so sad and just like really speaks to this, 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 this like sense of, of, of like loss and decay that is like there's like per, that is, like permeating the whole film
0: the the thing that i really love in this film that's not any of the things you just said but like bouncing off what you talked about the giants is that like this is it's not a cheap film but they didn't have a huge budget yeah but what what lowry has built again based on minimalism based on very sparse frames there's a lot of people surrounded by darkness or sky or or sky or or trees in this way that feels so deliberate where you like we will talk about the opposite of this when you get to dune but where you're like yeah like the the giant's are uh, executed in an odd way. Yeah. But they are executed in a way that is absolutely commensurate with the rest of the film. Mm. And so where you're not, there's no bit of it where you're like, if, if, if you were like, if he could add five more million dollars to make, you know, giants, yeah. you'd kind of need to adjust everything else. Yeah. Uh And yeah. I, I just think it's, it's incredibly, uh yes, smart and sumptuous. And like, it,
1: it, it, it looks there's a so scene where good. he's underwater and all the lighting is red and like I love oh, like go go go, so go, 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 going back to James Bond and that like one shot in Aquaman where, where they're diving down into the trench and it's like just lip over flare yeah. I, I love I I fucking love red lighting underwater that shit always gets me <laughs> also there's a magic cum belt
0: it, it is so hard for things to feel mythic Yeah, and
1: this absolutely
0: does uh, so congratulations to I I, yeah. I I love you uh, I love you, the Green Knight. Uh, and the Green Knight was number 10 on the assembled list for, the, for our stats heads. Our next category. Oh, coming out on stage, it's a pregnant woman. Uh, she's here to announce the gnarliest or grossest scene. That's right. It's the pregnant woman from Climax. <laughs> uh, anyway, <coughs> who. Something happens. Anyway, uh, here are my nominees. This is one that I, I want to talk about briefly and there's kind of nowhere to put it that doesn't seem to trivialize it. But, uh, you know, the obvious implied bit of The Dissident, the documentary about the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, Oh, right. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it is like that documentary gets a bit cringe and techno, but the interviews are good. It, it is even handed. In a in a way and teaches you more about the situation, makes you despair at the state of the world. The tumor surgery in yeah, old—that's great. Yeah, when uh, Vicky creeps, and got a tumor. Yeah. Luckily, Rufus Shules a surgeon. But when you're when time is speeding up for you, you gotta when you can't cut someone open for surgery because it keeps healing, so they gotta hold it open and oh oh my breaking the face in titan, titan yeah which is pretty gnarly and kind of like uh, uh, to continue our serialized mini podcast on titan yeah i th- like the biggest thing i bounce off apart f- uh, uh, in terms of like the horror of it, mm. it is that it locates a lot of its body horror through the second half at in And with clear parallels and clear evocations of transition yeah uh, of of gender transition
1: yeah like, yeah, like the, the the scene of like oh, of a woman like destroying her face is like is like has like very clear parallels to 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 like facial facial masculinization, facial masculinization yeah. surgeries
0: uh, there's a lot of binding yeah. I don't think she's a turf, no, it just too readily decides that the images of transition can be become easily images of body horror in the same film where a woman fucks a car. And that, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And it is, it is it, anyway. Uh, but my winner is the hand replacement in candy man. Uh, just this long bit where, you know, someone's lost a hand. And so he gets big old hook shoved up in there. It, ooh, it is, Ugh. Yeah, it's bracing. Who's coming out to to present your nominees? Uh, we've
1: got three people coming out for mine because I had a tie. So we've got, uh, oh, well, what's that What's that coming out of his head? Oh, it's the guy who got trepanned in Apostle. <laughs> and uh, coming out with him uh, are pretty uh, battered and bloodied uh, Christopher Abbott and Mia Wozakowska for piercing. Uh, yeah. For uh, the, uh, the last act of piercing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, uh, gross, uh, gross, unpleasant movies. Uh, pretty good vote. Uh, okay, so my uh, my nominees are uh, Connor's dad gets wasted in Those Who Wish Me Dead. You know, uh, Angelina Jolie is a forest firefighter uh, who like uh, stumbles upon a a kid who's like running away from hitmen. The scene where where that, where where the kid's dad gets killed by by the hitman is like the truck gets like gets like forced off the road, goes down an embankment, crashes into a tree. The kid is able to get out and hide. But then the two hitmen, Nicholas Holt and someone else standing at the top of the embankment with assault rifles, and they just aim down into the car and fire, and you just see the dad just get torn to shreds. It's like the opening shoot in in, in Miami Vice, where, where those undercover cops just get ripped apart by 50 cal sniper rifle fire. <laughs> and like it is so it is so bracing. Uh, yeah, good job, Taylor Sheridan. My next one is the fluorescent light bulb in the throat. In Seance, uh, Seance is uh, written and directed by Simon Barrett, uh, who is probably uh, best known for co-writing a bunch of Adam Wingard's films like The Guest. And uh, it's about like an an elite all girls all girls boarding school where uh, spooky stuff is going down. At the end of the movie, after the like villains have been revealed, there's a standoff which ends with uh, with one of the villains getting stabbed through the throat with a fluorescent tube, and uh, Man, it's gross. Yeah, great job, Simon. Uh, next, we have uh, the reveal of Gabriel in Malignant. Uh, yep, <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, I'm going to be thinking about that little dude forever.
0: But uh, like, also, what Gabriel is, yeah. is such a good twist.
1: Yeah, it's such and a good twist. And and, and v- 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 like visual design of him is, is so gross and so smart. Of yeah. The
0: year in Twist... Uh uh that is the like the er uh, example because it is one where you're like it is it has all the things you want from a twist yeah one your first reaction is like oh, what the fuck and then your second reaction is like no and then you're and like then oh you're, this
1: changes everything yeah,
0: this changes everything but then you think back and you're like oh obviously yeah it is an odd oh, shit like like malignant is pretty fucking hardcore but that doesn't mean
1: it's bad like yeah. If you can deal with it, it's just, it's fun. Uh, my next nominee is a uh, foot surgery in, in the earth. There is a point early in the film where uh, I think it might actually be like the opening shot of the film is uh, someone uh, burying uh, shards of glass in the ground a, a, along a path. And then uh, later on in the film, the main character's shoes get stolen. Oh. And so, you know, what's going to happen. And, and v- 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 everything v- v- is going to be fine. V- 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 there is, there is like, there are actually two different foot surgery scenes which are both upsetting in different ways. I don't need to know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to see this film. I love you, Ben. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so wow. there, there is a just like very protracted scene of, of Reese Shearsmith uh, uh, pulling glass out of a gaping foot wound of the main character. Uh, it's very, very upsetting. And then uh, my final nominee is a heroine leg stab in Cherry. Uh, Cherry is a bad movie and none of the things it's trying to do work. There is one moment that's effective, which is Tom Holland is sitting in a car. Uh, I, I believe he's, I think he might have just like tried and failed to rob a bank or something. And he has a heroin needle. Uh, he has a syringe. And he like stabs it into his leg. And then he just pulls out and he just keeps on stabbing. And he's just he's just sitting in the car, just, just stabbing, just stabbing himself in the leg over and over and over again. And the, Ru- the Russos hold on it for so long and it is uh, uh, fucked. A winner is for foot surgery in, in Envy Earth. Oh, get ready for it. Whoa. All uh, right. Uh, so I, I, I should say, uh, you said earlier that, that none of your nominations have any overlap with the knockout bracket. Yeah. I should say, I, I've removed from the awards contention any person or film that won an Oscar. So that means I, I've had to take Daniel Kaluuya out of uh, Best Supporting Actor, which he probably would have won for me, and I've had to take Anthony Hopkins out of uh, Best Actor for the Father, which might have won.
0: All right, hate 4. That's where uh I, Robert De Niro's zombie fights Al Pacino's son. Um uh, fight, yeah, no natalie Portman uh kill bells all of, uh, uh, of Robert De Niro's uh, zombie powers. Um <clears throat> this is uh, uh two period pieces, two thrillers. One where you know exactly What is going to happen horrifically, which is Judas and the Black Messiah. And one where you have no idea what the fuck is going to happen. And that is no sudden move. Yeah. Three, two, one. No No sudden sudden move. move. Did we both think the other was going to
1: say Judas? No, I I, I was always going to say no sudden move. Okay. (laughs) That's my like second or third favorite film of the year. Okay.
0: I don't like it that much. Yeah, yeah. I now just really worry that
1: we seem like racists. Like, hey, uh, Judas, Judas, and the Black Messiah is really good. Yeah, it's and, it's on the list. Yeah, and Daniel Kaluuya is just like absolutely incredible in it. Yeah. So, uh, Ju- Judas and the Black Messiah is the debut film by Shaka King, and uh, it's it stars uh, it, uh, it stars uh, Daniel Kaluuya as uh, as as Fred Hampton the leader of the Illinois chapter of the Black, of the Black Panther Party.
0: Uh, yeah, and it's worth stressing, it was a passion project for a long time by the original screenwriters who were the Lucas brothers. Okay, right.
1: Yeah, It, it is about Fred Hampton, and it, it is about how he was murdered by the American government, but the, the like, star of the film is Lakeith Stanfield, playing a petty criminal and con man uh, who, who gets uh, basically forced by the FBI into being a snitch and trying to get close to Fred Hampton so the American government can murder him. These two are just like two of the fucking best dudes in movies. They're like one scene together in Get Out is one of the most memorable scenes of the last decade. And getting to see them together, again, like so much of this film, is, is fantastic. What I am
0: about to say sounds like uh, uh, dismissive, but it's not. Like, the success of this film, like, obviously, like, uh, bringing the story to light and uh, making it so interesting is great. But like it, that's all bread, and the filling of the sandwich is just incredible performances, obviously from yeah. Stanfield, obviously from Kaluuya, uh, uh Jesse Plemons does great. And it is just like as much as it is this furious statement about racism and how the system is rigged. See, this why you should watch the wire. Yeah. Well, and it, yeah, it, it is like, also kind of like, just look how good these guys are. Yeah, you know, and,
1: and like, and like, really importantly, for a film about a radical political leader, does not like water down the, the like radicalism of, of of his politics. Yeah, or or, 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 or like his message. Judas and the Messiah is a really really good film. Like, especially impressive as a first film, seeing Kaluuya do something totally different again. Like, well, like, like but, this is, this is totally different than. Get out! It is completely different than Widows, which like which are like two of the like my favorite performances of, of the last decade.
0: But it, it, it and they are also like the thing to stress about both those guys is that they have come out of the gate with some of the best runs of just being like, look at my fame, yeah. Like they have both with just the most incredible ease gone from like. Keith Stanfield goes from being troubled kid to boy genius detective to man whose brain has been replaced to man who is sorry to bother you. Oh, yeah. uh, yeah. uh, uh, To an ox in Bojack Horseman. And Daniel Kaluuya goes from being plush Kenneth in skins to, uh,
1: to to being on, to being on one episode of doctor who, yeah.
0: Trapped on a, on a bus on an alien planet. But like, and then like, of course fucking get out. But then that turn in widows. Yeah. And while also just doing like an all time, great job of being the friend in black Panther, you know, being Starscream and it, and we are so lucky to to be in a time where they don't just have to play thugs, yeah, uh, uh, and, and like racism is not solved, but like it—it it is a blessing that this that we get to be alive when films like this get to be made yeah. and be done so well.
1: In in like a lot of the movies that get made, especially at like major studios these days, like like what what like what counts as a movie star these days is not like up to the quality. That like movie stars kind of used to have to be like in, t- in terms of like charisma and like, screen presence, but but like these are two of the fucking guys who are like as good as anyone has been. It's a really like grim, upsetting movie, but but like it, it, like, it, 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 it never like it yeah.
0: holds the weight, but it never wallows. Yeah, uh, it, it 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 has a strong point of view. But never feels didactic. It it is clear-eyed but complex.
1: Yeah, and and, and like and like if, if, every scene where where Daniel Kaluuya as Fred Hamden is giving a talk or like delivering a speech is is just like something something that like has to be seen to be believed.
0: Judison, the Black Messiah. I love you. All right, so Paddington bringing to the stage. Oh, he's done a little fall, but. Don't worry, his duffel coat has airbags sewn into it. Paddington is bringing out
1: uh, Best Cinematography. Yes. He is bringing out Dong Jingsong, David Chesele, and Yao Hong Ai for Long Day's Journey into Night. Uh, and uh, my nominees are Robert Yeoman for The French Dispatch, Claire Miffon for Petit Maman, Edouard Grau for Passing, Greg Fraser for Dune, and Sean Price Williams for Zeros and Ones. I have not seen Passing. I, I, I wish I could. The Netflix black and white film I should have seen this year. Yeah, yeah. Like like Passing is just like beautiful Academy ratio black and white. Uh, super smart use of focus. It, it knows exactly what like what to and what not to look at in 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 any frame. and, Like it's, it switches focus really well. Uh, lot lot lots of lots of beautiful close ups. Always finding like interesting and like. And like unconventional ways ways to like frame things that give you a good sense of of, of character. It's a really good one. I mean, like a uh, great Fraser for for Dune. You like what, yeah. That, that's that's what blockbusters should look like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. uh, uh, another thing like like Green Knight where like he really just nails scale, which is what you have to do for Dune. Yeah. And I don't know if I've ever seen things look bigger in a movie you've been in Dune. It, it is just an absolute triumph of that.
0: Well, and it manages to feel both, Oh, this is such a boring statement, but like fantastical and alter and, but like absolutely real. Yeah. yeah. You're like, and a- 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 and this is not to say that Villeneuve's interpretation of June should be the, uh, the, the soul text far from it. Like I love, I love that we have Lynch's take. I love yeah. that we, have a bit of Giga's take, yeah. uh, and I love that we have the Sci-Fi Channel's take. But like, whenever you're within Villeneuve's Dune and you're looking at it, you're like, oh yeah, that's what it looks like." You know, when the yeah. orthocopter's wings start flapping, you're like, "Oh yes, of course."
1: Yeah, Claire phone for Petit Maman, just like just like abs- absolutely beautiful and like incredibly like simple, but but, but like but like effective cinematography. It's all like shot outside in natural light, pretty much. Yeah,
0: and even interior scenes are usually lit by natural light from
1: outside yeah. coming in. Like that, that, that is such a like lovely and gentle movie, and, and such like lovely and gentle cinematography. But, yeah. but but like but like holds the weight of of like all, all of like all of the sadness that is that is that is like going on that is like going on beneath the surface. Yeah, it's a it's a tiny miracle. Uh, Sean Price Williams for ones and zeros. I wanted to give this the win. It looks crazy yeah. in a wonderful way. Like I've watched Michael Mann's Black Hat four times this year. Zeros and Ones is like late period, like mood piece Ferrara, being being like oh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna outdo that. Another thing, like shot during the pandemic, is like all on on the like dark, empty streets of Rome, uh, and it is just Ethan Hawke walking around with a fucking ponytail, getting into situations that uh, are kind of about espionage and kind of don't make any sense. It is this like handheld digital, it's like level of noise in the images is so is so extreme. It looks like it's snowing. Yeah, like one of the only movies this year where where I've just been like astounded by how something looked. You're like, oh, you can make a movie that looks like that. That is crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I, zeros and ones
0: tied for last twenty second equal
1: uh, on on our list of all, of all the films. Absolutely love the look of zeros and ones, but when it has to be Robert Yeoman for for Fringe Dispatch. Yeah, as I said earlier, it's some of the most incredible showing off you'll you'll you ever see. One of the things this movie does all the time is like switch between black and white and color, or changing aspect ratios, and yeah. basically dependent on what would look best. Yeah, and and and, and like it, it 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 feels like Wes Anderson and, and Robert Yeoman and Adam Stockhausen, their, their production designer, just been like, no, like we are, we are so good and we did this so well. That every shot will look incredible. It'll be the same shot, and we'll just it'll just switch. And like like this this like this wall looks amazing in black and white or in color. That fucking wanna. through the town police station. There, there is a uh, really fantastic like three thousand word piece. Uh, just about a wanna on uh, vulture, I think. Even beyond showing off, like
0: it has effect. Like mm, yeah, uh, uh, when when all the art people arrive to see Benicio's great work. And and we've been in this black and white Academy ratio for so long. And then they see it and it's suddenly bright color widescreen. Like it, it, it's doing like they're showing off, but they're doing more than that. They're like, part of the showing off is like, look how perfect this is. Like it kind of feels silly to have this be any other way as insane and eclectic as it is, you know?
1: Yeah. Which really? is
0: my argument for the whole film, really?
1: Yeah, seeing all of Wes Anderson's films this year, Robert Yeoman is like one of those dudes who was like, who was just, who was not going to be forgotten about. Like, mm. the, the, like he, he the, like work he's been doing in for well, the past like twenty-something years is so pristine, but like so full of character. I love to watch anything he shoots.
0: Coming out to present my winner, uh, my winner from twenty eighteen is Benjamin Loeb for Mandy. Of oh yes. Yeah. My nominees are Stefan Fontaine for Ammonite. John Schwartzman for The Little Things. Michael Burgess for Malignant. Ruben Impens for Titan. But my winner, I love to give it to the little guy, Janusz Kaminski (laughs) for West Side Story.
1: Man... They're like shot as both gangs arrive at a rumble. Door slid up and you see you, you see their shadows inter- yeah. intermingling when Tony and Maria
0: meet for the first time under the pillars. And there are like fifty lens flares <laughs> filming this beautiful grid and ah fr- oh.
1: beautiful opening. wanna which like sets up everything. This is the neighborhood. It is going to be destroyed. This, like this is what's left of it. This is what these people are fighting over. He shoots, but dancing incredibly. Great job, Janusz. And that is the end of our first part.
0: Paddington, oh, no. He's got caught on the curtain drop line and now he's zooming up and down and it's like a mouth coming up and down. Oh, okay, no, great. Uncle Pastuzzo has come with a makeshift bow and arrow (laughs) and has shot it.
1: Paddington is is going behind the curtains now and he's he's pulling out Phoenix Buchanan. He was behind it the whole time.
0: (laughs) And now a sign that comes up and says, intermission uh, uh, which means for you listening at home uh, means that we will see you next week hey Finn where can people
1: find you online who gives a shit you can find the show on twitter at shitesoundpod we're doing a lot of stuff on Twitter uh, at, at the moment. Yeah, so, we're trying like, to way, do it. Way, way more than usual.
0: We're we we're, we're running the these. Uh, well, no, like we should. Yeah, we're, get out and engage, uh, engage with Shite Sound Pod. Yeah, uh, uh, my goal for good stuff for for twenty twenty two is to uh, get people to listen to this show.
1: <laughs> or you can email us at shitesoundpod at gmail why not check out our
0: website? It's at shy and sound.com. If you like what I do, I'm on Twitter and Instagram as youth. lives. I have a currently dormant, but soon to rise again. Newsletter called the Dean's list. That's at bit.ly slash youth. lives. I have two other podcasts. One is a relationship podcast called the slow path. And the other is a eerie audio drama anthology called the witching hours. What are we doing next week? Finn talking about more films. Yep. Uh, our theme song is
1: The Nux by Kazan Blam. You can check him out in The Power of a Dog. It's shouted at by Benedict Cumberbatch. And, uh, and Ben Kemp.
0: Uh, 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 hey, if yep. you like the show, well, why not tell your friends? And if you disagree with us, why not tweet at us? But do remember, we have been officially certified. We will mostly be reminding you that we, we've got
1: the seal. Also, we people with feelings. <laughs> Sometimes.
0: Uh, I'm working so hard to change that about you. I don't want you to be a person anymore.
1: Yeah? Movies are good, especially the ones we talked about this episode. Go, Go watch them.
0: My uh, rye uh, and uh, oh, uh, you know, a skew view on the world. My view askew. and Smith's production company.
1: Oh, are you are you you working for them now? Oh, S-
0: Snoochy And I cannot stress this enough, booties. Yeah, I'm working on. Oh, uh, I don't know, um, Moose Jaws. I think that's the next one. His like his dream was always. Uh, a two part epic mm-hmm. high budget prestige biopic of Wayne Gretzky, the, the hockey player. And there's, of course, Clerk's three was originally a play that that's mm-hmm. why I, I, I was brought in, uh, was, was to help him with, you know, how to write a play. Mm. And I was like, looking at your previous films, you know, how to write a play. So actually, I'm going to talk to you about how to write films. <laughs> And he was like, great. And yeah, he brought me on for yoga hoses. And I was like, okay, I've got a pitch. What if you've got your daughter, Johnny Depp's daughter, some cameras, and then released the result? And he was like, what else could there be? And I'm like, it genuinely doesn't matter. I don't think anyone will know. I don't think people who have seen it will be, won't know one what yogas are hosing and he was like yeah that's it that's it's pretty dense that that's pretty complex and i go like okay okay <sighs> you should set up the characters by having them cameo in a film where uh then i flipped a coin i catch it and it said a podcaster the other side said weed it. <laughs> the two things given smith is m- m- movie crier. yeah it is <laughs> yeah movie cryer does sound like he's like hey, yeah, ye. <laughs> yeah, yeah yes. no, he's like the guy in Cinderella yeah <laughs> because like. he's good but then I, I uh, then I rolled a dice and said is and I was like cool is transformed and then I just said think of an," and he was just like uh walrus and I was like "Is transformed into walrus and he was like hey they've got a tusk to play the song tusk and then over the end credits play audio from the podcast episode where I came up with the idea just like this audio was mm-hmm. playing over the credits of yoga hoses. Yeah, I, I'm
1: I'm 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 so happy for for, for your for your work of your skew is gone like as well as it did like when when I went in and pitched Zach and Murray make a sandwich, like it was not <laughs> uh- interesting <laughs>